Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Welcome to another episode of the Shifter Podcast. I'm Gretchen Jackson, and today I'm thrilled to be chatting with Jamie Troll. Jamie is a financial literacy coach, profit strategist, and a speaker focused on helping entrepreneurs feel more confident about the numbers side of their businesses. Her number one mission is to see more women not just surviving, but thriving both in their professional and personal lives. She has created courses to help and has an enormous group of raving fans in her Financial Literacy for Women Facebook page. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks for having me, Gretchen. I'm so excited. In fact, uh, we're recording over Zoom, so I'm getting to look at her face, and I feel like I'm about to be one-on-one coached on one of her famous Facebook Lives. (laughs) I love it. I'm so used to watching you. (laughs) Tell everyone about your cute little family, your background, and how you landed as an online financial literacy coach. Absolutely. So I am a mom. So I do, I do like to to talk about that because that is an important part of my life as well. I've got a six year old who is currently doing online schooling (laughs) for first grade, which is interesting. And I have a spitfire three-year-old who is basically her mother, uh, for the good and the bad. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband Kepper, who is, who is my support system in all of this, uh, entrepreneurship craziness. And, um, so my background is I started in kind of corporate America. I have a little bit of the background that a lot of entrepreneurs have where I went through kind of the hoops of corporate America. I worked for the majority of my career at a fortune 100, um, company and kind of grew in the ranks in finance leadership there. And while I liked my job, um, I never felt really connected to the mission of my job. I liked it because I was good at it. I liked it because I was growing and learning, but I never really felt like I was making the difference that I was meant to make. And that always felt like it was missing. Plus the fact that um, I, especially once I did have kids, it did become harder from a sort of um, perspective of balancing work and life. Sometimes I'd be working 80 hours in the middle of a busy season and really didn't have control of my own schedule at all. And so, you know, a lot of introspection, um, two multi-billion dollar mergers that I went through kind of got me to a place where I knew it was time to kind of make that exit from the corporate world. And I needed something different. I didn't know what that was at the time. I had no real (laughs) idea, but as someone who my background is, I have a CPA and I, um, and I, you know, am a numbers person, I figured, okay, well, I can start by trying to help small business owners. And in that, I started doing all kinds of things. At first, I was, you know, I I would do bookkeeping for people. I would do taxes for people. I would do all the things. And I was a virtual CFO. Um, And I really was just kind of doing it to to make some additional money, to justify the fact that I wasn't going back to the corporate world. Um, But as time went on, it, it sort of shifted a lot. So it went from that to sort of finding my own space in the virtual CFO world, which is um, something I really liked, kind of more the strategic side of numbers and helping uh, small business owners. And then when I sort of maxed out capacity on that, I moved into um, online courses where I could affect a lot more people and help a lot more people um, than I could just doing one-to-one work. And so that's sort of where I am now, where I've moved entirely out of one-to-one work. I'm entirely doing online courses, uh, mostly for women business owners and self-employed individuals who really just want to understand the finances side of their business more and want to um, also kind of learn some of those strategic things that they can do to make themselves feel more secure and make the, in making the best decisions for um, themselves and for their business. I think it's important that people hear that you said you were doing all the things and working in the big job, the fancy job, but you were not connected to their mission. And that is so important, especially when you know that you have a mission, but you can't quite get to it in that way. And so you honored that and you made your mission statement and then you found a way to work toward that. 
Yeah. And I think, I, I think that this is something that mm-hmm. is important because a lot of people would just say like, follow your passion. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly can tell you, I didn't know what it was. I really couldn't. I I always thought I could just analyze. I'm very analytical. Obviously I'm a numbers person. So I thought I could just analyze myself, my way into my passion. You can't analyze your way into your passion. You can't sit down and write a pros and cons list of figuring out what your mission in life needs to be. Some of it is trial and error. Some of it is going in a direction that feels like the right direction and seeing where it takes you. And I think sometimes we're afraid to do that because we feel like, we need to know right now. And so when I started a business, I, I, I can't tell you the number of different business ideas I had thinking I was making the decision for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I finally just like kind of took a step back and let it take me, like, of course I had goals and dreams, but I let it sort of take me naturally where I was supposed to go. And I think that that was something that really, um, that really was important in leaning into and listening to sort of what that pathway was as it was revealed in front of me, because it doesn't always happen all at once. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so good. So when you were talking about your digital course that you made, um, the way that I first met you was from Rachel Hollis's rise conference in November of 2019. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm anybody that knows me, I'm obsessed with personal development, personal growth, like anything that's going to take me somewhere higher. And so I, my husband and I on a whim signed up for our very first business conference. We had been in business for 10 years and I said, Hey, I think I want to go to this. And he was like, okay. And so I bought the tickets right then because before we had a chance to really talk about it, we planned it and we went and I didn't realize when you go to something like that, you become this huge community. Like we had a Facebook page for attendees where you can connect with people who are also wanting more and wanting to learn more. And so there were lots of meetups whenever I got there that people had organized. I'd gone to a couple of them, but Jamie did a surprise meet and greet with Amy Porterfield for everyone that was doing Digital Course Academy. And I was doing Digital Course Academy at the same time as you. And so we show up for this lunch meetup for Digital Course Academy students and Amy Porterfield is sitting right there. Like I think I was the last person to walk in and I walk in, I'm like, oh, hi, Amy Porterfield. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> it was so exciting. And I know since then you've been on her podcast a few times. You just did something awesome with her. What was that? that you just did? With uh, yeah, I've done a couple of things. I was actually out at her house um, in September for, I was, I was one of the um, people that was showing up on the live stream as one kind of like the success stories, basically. Mm. So, uh, and what's funny about that is, it, because I think it relates to this, right? When we talk about mindset and for me, every day I would write down the, the dreams that I had for myself, right? And so starting right around that time, it was actually before in the beginning of November, um, where when I was part of the way through, cause we started digital course Academy in September, um, I hadn't, I hadn't put pen to paper and that's crazy that we're talking, we're li- literally talking a year ago. I had not really put pen to paper on, on the course and what it was going to be, but I had written down every single day. I'm going to be one of Amy's biggest success stories in, in my journal every day. And, um, and then coming full circle back in September where I got invited out to San Diego, Um, we did the live stream. She had, um, eight of her students on live stream with her telling their stories of how her program had changed our lives and successes that we had had with it. It was really nostalgic. It was really, um, it just, it was almost surreal to be sitting in a place where I'm not sure you could have more confirmation of checking something off a list like that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Than being invited to actually share your story as one of her big success stories. Um, and so, yeah, for it, it has been kind of a crazy wild ride in the way that this has unfolded. But I think so much of it has to do with the fact that I made a decision and I said, yeah. you know, come heck or high water, <laughs> this is going to happen. And uh, I didn't let, like, I think we all deal with different mindset things along the way when we, when we go into something, but it's a matter of if you have the tools, and that's why I'm so big in personal development too, I think I already had some of the tools and I'm still developing daily those tools to get through those mindset challenges, to recognize them for what they are and to keep pushing, right? Because I think everyone deals with emotions. Everyone deals with um, the comparison trap. Everyone deals you know, with imposter syndrome. Everybody deals with all of those things. It's just a matter of how you react to them and how you move through them that makes the big difference. Um, so for me, that's really been something I've been working even more on throughout this year. Um, and it, it, it clearly, um, it clearly has helped. <laughs> yeah, it has. <laughs> Do you use the start today journal? 
I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. I use that too. And so for people that don't know what that is, it's a journal where you write down five things you're grateful for every day, every morning, and then 10 dreams as though they've already happened. And so you became a STJ dream catcher. Like you, yeah. you mark it off your list, you share it on social, they share you. And what the idea is, is that as you write it down, you begin to believe those dreams have already happened and you feel the feelings of it. I just became a start today dream catcher. Um, I've been writing down in, se- I found several places, but for, that I've written it, but right now, every day since July 9th of 2019 and it's November of 2020, I've been writing down that I bought my husband his dream car. And I just did that in September. Like I did it. Oh, that's I went, awesome. I went and bought it behind his back because he couldn't let himself give himself permission to go buy it. And that's why we've put it off for so long. And I just thought this is the car he wants and we have the means and I'm just going to go do it. And it's so fun. Like what you said, then it's, you're marking it off of your list. You're seeing that you've made this decision. You felt it into reality. And mm-hmm. it's so important to make sure that you are making your dreams come true because it's up to you. Yeah, I love absolutely. that. You, I didn't know that you had put down that you would be one of her best yep. success stories. And here you are in her house. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, uh, you have a huge Facebook page. It's um, group, Facebook group called financial literacy for women. And I joined it as soon as we became rise attendees, friends inside the group when you shared it. And back then it had about 5,000 or so members and you would offer your course, but you also offered lots of free advice about taxes and just general questions women have about things going on in your business, which is, you know, pretty easy day-to-day stuff. And then in March of 2020, when the pandemic hit and the world shut down, you grew from 5,000 people to about 30,000 in like six months because Mm -hmm. you literally were, and I'm like, I'm telling you, the go-to person with the fastest and the most information on all things, paycheck protection loans, stimulus checks, what's happening next? What do I do with my employees? Oh no, I have to shut down. Do I qualify for this? And you would go live like once a week or twice. Well, in the beginning, it was all the time to try to help us through that. And you created these raving fans. I added all of my girlfriends that needed help. And tell me what... What happened in your mind when all these people start joining and asking all these questions? Like, we're all like, oh no, our kids have to stay home from school. And you're like, my kids have to stay home from school. And all of a sudden I have 30,000 questions to answer. Like, what did you do? So it was kind of crazy because again, like just the way it all worked out where I had just, you know, from where I was around kind of the fourth quarter of last year, I started, um, getting rid of my one-to-one clients and sort of weaning off of them. And so um, into the beginning of the year, I'd kind of gotten rid of most of my one-on-one clients and I was, I had, I launched my course in January. And so between January and March, I was delivering my course and doing, I do um, live delivery where I do Q and A's and all kinds of things. And so I was working through that with my course members and after that, so it was just literally just finishing up before all this COVID thing started. And so I had all these plans. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a little bit of a step back from, you know, I'm going to do some, some projects with my business and projects around the house because things were shutting down. I'm going to redo my website. I ordered all these bins to like redo my house. (laughs) (laughs) And literally it was like the day that Amazon drops them all off on my front porch that they passed the CARES Act. Mm-hmm. And that was at the end of March. And I never, I did not set out to become an expert in this. It sort of was just answering a call. I feel like a little mm-hmm. bit where, um, people in my group, all of a sudden I like to t- teach about profitability and what, how to make sure it, that you're profitable and, and strategies and things like that. Well, when your business is shut down, that's probably not the first thing mm-hmm. on your mind, right? Like you, you can't be profitable if you're not making any sales. Right. And so, um, So I just started to get this flood of questions from people who are already in my group that were like, what do you know about this? What can you teach us about this? So I did, you know, I read basically the entire thing. It was an 800 page bill and I did, um, a live on the topic and then people had more questions. And so I started doing them more frequently and we had more and more people being invited into the group. Um, and I realized at one point, you know, when we would be getting, I mean, at one point in this thing, we'd get like a thousand people in, in a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was, Mm -hmm. it was crazy. And so, um, 
And so I sort of just leaned into it and said, okay, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the direction I'm being called into. I need to serve people. And, um, so yeah, I just tried to, to stay up on it. I had no one-to-one clients. So I was kind of in a, a little bit of a leg up position on a lot of other accountants who were also in the middle of the longest tax season of their lives, um, trying to, you know, figure all this out and their clients were coming to them and people couldn't get answers. And so they would find me and I started a YouTube channel at that point too, which went crazy, um, really, really fast. And, um, and yeah, I just kind of leaned in. And so I just watched, I, I was, it was a hard time from the standpoint of, I was giving a lot of myself in that. And I did have my kids at home and my husband was at home and we're all trying to manage through it. And so there was about a three month period that was just crazy, like not sleeping, you know, I didn't really have, I had a VA, but that was it. Now I have a community manager. I've, I've um, scaled up from there. So I have more support, but I was a woman with knowledge. I had to be the one answering right. a lot of the questions. And I hated the fact that there was misinformation. And so I felt like I had to weigh in in the beginning on everything because, um, I wanted to make sure people were getting the right information. And so while I look back, it's almost like, I mean, it, it it, it almost feels like a dream now looking back at it, maybe a nightmare. I don't know, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, I just, I just was really, really devoted and still am, but in, I've been able to put up more, more boundaries. And now we have more, um, more processes and things like that, that have helped with that. But I did, I just leaned into the call that I felt like I had and it has tremendously transformed my business. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the intention, right? You can't necessarily, Um, you have to do it out of the desire to help. And I made the decision that for the COVID stimulus stuff, I was not going to be charging anything. Mm -hmm. So I made all kinds of, um, you know, different, different tools for people that could help them and did all these lives. And I I was not going to take a dime for any of it. Uh, but if people wanted to buy my other programs, you know, then they could. And so, um, and so that actually, came to fruition. I, I made a new course and I launched it in June based on a need I saw that wasn't necessarily specific to COVID, but was just basics of um, finance, accounting, and taxes. Cause I realized a lot of people, you know, were new to the group and did not, there was a lot they didn't know. Um, and they, they also, didn't really, there yeah. was a lot of people who are asking you what they need for the, how do I apply for this yes. loan and how do I do this? And none of them had their taxes done. They didn't even know exactly. what the schedule C was. They didn't know. So I can see how you would like, I, me as a business owner, I'm watching them going, how do you not know who, or how do you not have someone who does know who, what that is? Yep. Like all of a sudden, if you're, I mean, I feel like it's taught a huge lesson through your group that you always need yeah. to be ready because as soon as they need the paperwork, it has to go. A hundred percent. And and that was what was interesting too, is that you can get by, right? Finances mm-hmm. is one of those things that you can put it on the shelf and not deal with it for a long time before it comes back to bite you. Now it is, it is affecting you, but not in super obvious ways all the time, right? By, by kind of putting it on the shelf, but, but the COVID world, the 2020 world made it such that problems that were underlying the surface always Mm -hmm. came to the top. Mm -hmm. And so people were realizing the pain there because they had not maybe, um, had as as much knowledge, um, really had not sort of controlled their finances as much as they needed to. And so that pain point was really showing up in just people, people had no idea how to fill out these questionnaires. What, you know, where is my P&L? What is cost of goods? So what are all of these things? How do I even fill this out? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the impetus for me creating my beginner course, which was just one-on-one, you know, for people who, who need it. And it did really well. Like it was, I mean, it was crazy. So I sold that um, to about 865 people, I mm-hmm. think, bought that course in the span of a week, which was crazy, um, in and of itself. But, but it really has just, it was one of those things where when you show up for people, right. And when you have the mindset of service, and that is something that is a core tenant of our company is servant leadership, where you put yourself in. Now I do advocate for boundaries mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have been able to, uh, sort of go back to a place where I have more boundaries now. Um, but to be, to be able to show up as a servant and to truly have a heart for helping people, it will come back and help you in other ways. It really will. And I think a lot of people feel like they have to monetize everything um, in business from the beginning. And for me, 
the best strategy has been showing up. And then that's how you like people want to help like, right. People, Mm -hmm. people want, then I have something to sell and they want to buy in some ways as almost a thank you. Right. And so, so that's a very interesting thing too, where you don't, I don't feel like I have to oversell things. I don't feel like I have to get really salesy or promise crazy things to get people to buy because they know me. They've, they've seen me, they've seen my heart. They, they authentically have an idea of who I am. And that is the thing that I think has really taken my business to another level is, is just allowing people to see that on authenticity and allowing people to see, um, failure as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I remember like, as it's growing, I'm like, she manifested this, like, <laughs> this is what she wanted. And this is going to give her more people like what you're saying. These people that didn't even have the basics that couldn't even fill out the paperwork you've given them after them watching you and watching you. And I remember one night, uh, I get, I don't know if it was the middle of the night, you had commented on someone's post in your Facebook group in the middle of the night. And I went in capital letters and was like, go to bed, Jamie. <laughs> I was like, this girl is not getting any sleep. How is she functioning? Because there was, it was just bam, 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 hit with one thing after the other. But then I was thinking that she's grown this community now. And while the idea isn't to sell, it's to give the free value, which you're so great at. Uh, listen, everybody join this group and go back and watch these videos of this girl just trying to survive April. Like it's just crazy. And I would go watch a video and then I would call my CPA and tell him he was trying his best just to do taxes and get all of us ready to apply for these loans, but he could not go fast enough. So I would like yeah. listen and I'd be like, okay, here's what I found out today. What do I need to do? <laughs> a lot of people did that. And a lot of people invited their CPAs yeah. and their accountants and their bookkeepers into my group, That's crazy. Too, which I appreciated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, here, just go talk to Jamie. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> um, one of the things in your group that I love, because, you know, it's shifter, we're all about mindset. Like we are, mm-hmm. what the mission that we have is not to do anything but help women get their mindsets right because I feel like everything starts with your mindset you have these limiting beliefs you're programmed from childhood you have all these things and so what the work that we do in our mission is to help women realize their full potential or help them take back power or help them learn that money for me in fact money was the scariest thing money is so scary for people whether you have a lot of it, whether you don't, whether, you know, it's just so hard. Um, and it all comes from kind of how you grew up around money and your narrative around money. Mm -hmm. And so on your mindset Monday post, one of the recent ones that I really liked, it was about forgiving your financial past. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like you were giving us permission to let go of even yesterday and anything before that. Like if you have credit card debt, if you have this, just start today, start today and build a foundation on that. And I just, I love that it feels like I could start fresh. Why do you think that that's important? So I think one of the things in talking, um, and this is with everybody, but I think especially women do tend to carry a lot of shame Mm -hmm. um, and guilt when it comes to a lot of things, but money being one of those things where, um, you know, when you carry that around with you, you are basically telling yourself you're not you're not worthy you're not good enough you're you're not going to be able to you know you, you all kinds of limiting beliefs i mean oh my gosh if i could, i could do i could talk for days about the limiting beliefs that we have around money um and and everybody's a little bit different right not everybody is exactly the same it really does harken back to how you were raised right like how did your parents think about money how did they talk to you about money um, what are those things that kind of got ingrained in you that you don't even necessarily know that are there, but you notice it, right? One of the places we notice it is uh, when when you are in a long-term relationship or you get married and you have to start managing money together, and then you have two different oftentimes money right. mindsets coming together, and it ends up being one of the biggest frictions in marriage is because you're looking at and seeing money from the lens that you you know, you grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's maybe the first time you've even realized, oh wait, not everybody thinks about it this way. Not everybody has the same thought process about money. And so I do think you have got to be able to sort of um, let that go. You usually can't let it go though until you identify it, right? The first thing you have to do is say like, this is how I feel about it. This is why I feel about it this way. And this is why that's not serving me anymore, right? And we can start over and we can start from day one, 
um, and really kind of go in a different direction with this. It's not, there is nothing about ourselves that is set forever. And I think that that is something I didn't even realize until a couple of years ago when I started my personal development journey and realized that there are things I just thought, limiting beliefs I just thought about myself. I'm like, I'm not a workout person. I don't work out. Well, I work out five days a week. I have for two years now. And it is actually a part of who I am. But I made a lot of excuses about who I thought I was. And we do that with money. We do that with with um, you know, the dreams that we have for ourselves. We do that with a lot of things. We put these, these limiting beliefs that are only in our own minds. They, they're not real. Right. not real things. They're just things that are in our minds that have maybe been put there through time and experience and people. And, um, they've built up into something that really holds us back from what is right for us and what is best for us. And I think that money just happens to be one of those things that we have really deep seated feelings about that we have got to be able to let go and move forward. Right. Right. Yep. I, my, um, limiting beliefs, really everything stemmed around money. And mm-hmm. I was scared if I had too much. I was scared if I had too little. I was afraid when would it come again? And I've worked through all of that. And now we've had our best year of business during a pandemic. And I'm yep. like, I know there's a lot of businesses that have shut down and I hate that. And I, But I do think that us going to that business conference and me hearing someone say my story back to me and me being, that's not what I'm going to do anymore. Like, we have got to get this right. We've got to scale. We need to, we haven't scaled because we've been afraid to spend the money on someone else. We Mm -hmm. hired employees and made more money. Like we just, we couldn't see it until someone else said it to me. And we've had this year of growth in our business that in 11 years, it's the biggest year we've ever had. And I think it's because we let go of worrying about where the next money was going to come from. We just decided we would keep working and it would all work out. And it has every time. It's like the universe was like, oh, I see that you've made this decision. Let me just have your back. It's been mm-hmm. real fun to watch happen. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about failure. I know that's something that you talk about a lot. Um, I know that you've said that when you fail, you try to turn it into a teaching moment. So I would like you to tell the story about when you sent the email to thousands of people that was supposed to just go to a few people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, so to, to preface it on failure, like I, I have to go back to who I used to be, which was a person that I hated to fail. No one mm. likes failing anymore right. uh, or at all, right? But I hated it and I never, um, I never would try things because I was afraid that I wasn't going to do it right or I wasn't going to do it the best. I was raised a little bit with that. I, I was good at things, right? I was... Um, that kid who like my, my, um, my test scores were really important to me. My, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that, my, my grades, like I had to always be, um, be this person that I thought I was, that I thought that everybody else thought I was. And so if there was a chance of me failing at something, I just didn't do it because Mm -hmm. to me, it was better to stay safe and to stay in that, that place where I knew that I could succeed than to stretch myself to a place that I wasn't sure if I would succeed. And that has been one of the biggest eye-opening things mm-hmm. um, that I have seen in, in terms of my mindset when I finally shifted that. And, and, and if I had stayed there, I never, I would never have opened a business because this is all stuff I've never been done before. This is all stuff that there is no guarantee of success in, right? And really the only guarantee is that you will fail sometimes. You will fail at things. And I did, I have on multiple occasions, but that one is kind of a funny story where I was sending an email out that was meant for just the people who bought my first program, right? So it was meant for a very, a small group of people who bought my first program. I sent it to my entire email list, which at the time was about, I think like 3,500 people, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I got all these very confused responses. Um, it, It was, it was just it was really embarrassing. Like I, the, the old version of me probably would have just like, you know, just probably gone and gotten a drink and like <laughs> cried. Like that's probably yeah. what I would have done. Maybe like a pint of ice cream and just cried about how awful I was and how I should just not do this anymore. And you know, um, who would want to buy from me when I can't even figure out how to like segment my email list correctly, like all of those things. And I'm not a techie person. So that this happens to me. <laughs> 
tech has been like one of those things. One time I was on a live that went 45 minutes extra because it, the tech broke down and I couldn't oh, no. shut it off. It was awful. <laughs> so these things have happened and there are things that I think like before I was able to really understand and look at it from a different perspective of what failure really is, which failure is what happens on the way to improving, what happens on the way to learning, what happens mm. on the way to success. Now I know that. Um, and so I think in recognizing that, like it, that was one of those instances where I just felt embarrassed at first. Like your initial reaction is, is just like this, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Like you're, you're, you're trying oh, to figure out some way to recall messages that haven't been read. Yeah. There isn't. There isn't. You're like, how did that happen? Yeah. And so what I did was I just kind of owned up to it. I sent like a funny email back that showed a little bit of my personality, right, to um, about like, hey, maybe I, I shouldn't um, be sending out mass emails when I'm also dealing with a three-year-old throwing a temper tantrum next to me. Like, you know, just kind of try to make it, to lighten it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I did a live about it. And I, I kind of used it as a teaching moment similar where I was like, you know, you can let things sit in your mindset and ha make you have a bad day, right? Like that could have made mm -hmm. me have like, feel like I had a really bad day. Like I am inadequate at this. I could have sat in that for a long time and probably would have as a different version of myself. But instead I was like, nope, we're going to hit this head on. And now I'm going to talk to people and I'm going to use it as a moment of, Hey, it's a learning experience. And it's, it's one of the roadblocks that's going to happen on the way to success. And it's how you deal with it that will determine whether you hit that success point. If you let a roadblock, if you let something jump in and confirm those limiting beliefs, I could have been like, oh, see, this is why I don't do tech. I hate tech. I, I always screw it up. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Like that would have been a very easy road for me to go down and just like scrap it all. And I didn't do that. I didn't, because that's not going to serve me. That's not going to serve where I'm going. That's just going to put more um, limitations on myself than I need. And so now I'm, I'm pretty good. I'll probably do it at some point again. Let's be honest. It happened, but you know, but I, I do triple check <laughs> who I'm sending my emails to these days. So you can, you know, these are the things we teach our kids, right? They're yeah. things we teach our kids and we need to take the lesson to ourselves always in this, in this, um, uh, so on our refrigerator, we have um, a, a statement that says we don't say can't in this house. Mm. And, um, and so my kids know it. And, and th there have been times where I've said something and it's the funniest thing when I have my six-year-old look at me and say, mommy, we don't say that word in this house. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, sometimes you need your kid to kind of turn it right back around at you. And you're like, you are right. We don't, I can't do that. I know that mm -hmm. I can. And so, um, so yeah, I think failure is definitely one of those things that we need to kind of practice what we preach, right? Yeah, for sure. And I also think what you said about how it's, you know, on the failure is just like on the way, you know, you're going to hit it. And so if you're just telling, if you know that, then it's not that big a deal. I like to say, it's just something that happened, not a defining moment, not a sign that you should stop what you're doing. It's just a thing oh, that yeah. happens and you just figure out what's wrong and work on it and keep moving and keep taking that inspired action. Otherwise you oh. could just shut down right after you fail. And then that's There's, what could have yeah. happened. There are so many people that do that, that they use it as a sign and they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, that it's a sign. I'm not supposed to do this. And I'm like, Whoa, wait a second. It's just you a know? thing that happened or it's the sign is happened. then we work it out and we just keep moving. Yeah. yeah. I, I've you seen it happen cannot. over and over or someone will say, well, I was going to do this, but then this happened. So I just never went back to it 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, but what if you just did something different? You'd be <laughs> yep. there now. You would be there. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Um, what's your Enneagram number? Do you know? Oh yes. I okay. am the biggest old three. Okay. That's ever what I met. When you're yeah, describing I'm, I'm yourself, easy. Yeah. 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 When you were <laughs> describing yourself and talking about test scores and all of that stuff, that's what I guess. Oh yes. Is. I'm obsessed with the Enneagram. I love it. I'm a six and like, I'm like yeah. the loyalist. And so I'm like going to key somebody's car for you. Like if yeah. you, if someone has made you mad, I am team Jamie. And what are we going to do about it? I love it. I love sixes as friends for that reason. <laughs> it's awesome. I also come super prepared anywhere that we go. So yeah. if you ever need Benadryl on vacation, I'm your girl. <laughs> Got like the bug out bag. Yep. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. I want to talk about something that even makes me still sweaty to talk about it, but I'm working on it. Taxes. I Let's mean, you are a CPA and okay. Yes. So 
I'm embarrassed to say this, but it is what it is. In my Start Today journal, when I started, it was probably this time of year. So tax time is coming up. And I, one of my dreams that I made happen was I got a tax refund. I was so, I'm so scared of owing taxes or was. And I feel like the narrative around taxes is people want these big fat refunds uh-huh. and they never want to pay a dime to the government. You're paying it somewhere. Like, you know, and so I had a terrible experience with our first year in business. We had a crappy CPA, literally, like he is no longer a CPA. Um, and we didn't know what we were doing and it was tax time. And he just sent me an email. I was like, Oh, it looks like you're going to owe about $25,000 this year. And I did, I don't have $25,000 the first year in business. I had to go like take out a loan. It was terrible. So I got a new CPA who then I was taking out way more because I did my own payroll just to make sure I never owed taxes again. So for years we would get these enormous refunds. And then I switched to a different CPA um, I had two people after the first one. Cause I was so afraid I had one looking at my books and one doing my taxes. So the two people's yep. names were on it. Now I have a fabulous CPA and he's works on our books so that we can just get as close to breaking even as possible, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah. I don't know numbers and that's your audience too. Like I'm a business owner, but I do not want to be in the weeds. And yeah. since the money scared me, I just let it, I wouldn't do my QuickBooks till the end of the year. Like it scared yep. the crap out of me, but I read a post by Denise Duffield Thomas she wrote Get Rich, Lucky Bitch, and Chillpreneur. And she did this post about how she owed $800,000 in taxes. And she was so thankful and so happy to pay it because it meant she made this amount of money. It was an enormous amount of money. And so yep. since reading that, I have had the mindset of, I mean, I still don't want to owe a lot of taxes. I want to plan for that. But yes, when we owe taxes, it's because we have made more money. And yes. being profitable is the goal, not avoiding paying taxes. So I, then I saw you post something about the fear that goes along with taxes and you said kind of the same thing. So can you tell us your take on that? Like what is, as a CPA, financial literacy coach, like how do you teach people about how to feel about taxes? So I'll warn you, this is absolutely, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about and I get kind of soapboxy about it. Do it, girl. That's why we're here. I will, I will preach to you. I will try to, uh, I'll try to make it succinct, but Um, this is a, this is something that I see, um, in a lot of people, which is this belief that in some cases they, they are almost trying to reduce, and there are CPAs that actually teach this to reduce your profit so that you pay less in taxes, right? right? That we want less profit because that means we pay less in taxes. Here's what I'm going to, I'm going to say to that. If you were in a W2 job, right? If you were in a job, you were working for a company and that company said, okay, for the exact same job. We'll either pay you $50,000 or $100,000. Which one are you going to, everything else being equal, which one are you going to go for? $100,000. Yeah, right. You're not going to be like, well, I'm going to do the 50 because then I have to pay less in taxes. Right. And that's ultimately what business owners do when they go through the methodology of overspending for the purpose of reducing taxes. They're like, oh, it's a write-off. I'm going to, there are people... I tell you, it'll happen this December. There are going to be people who are looking for all kinds of things to spend money on that aren't actually things that are good investments for their business, but they think it's better because it will reduce the amount of taxes that they owe. That is a terrible, terrible way to look at it. Um, If those are things that will help you grow revenue in the future, sure, right? But this idea of like searching out tax deductions to reduce your tax bill and so that you're not going to have to come up with a big check for taxes um, is not the way to look at the, what you want to do, what you want to do is yes, there are ways to reduce your taxes that don't involve kind of the reduction of profit that you do want to get all the deductions that you're entitled. There are things that you can do that are smart, like retirement contributions that can reduce your taxes or things like that, that aren't just, um, spending money for the sake of, of reducing taxes. Right. And those are legitimate, but we need to get our heads as business owners in general, around the fact that paying taxes is not a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. We're not mad at $100,000 when we got a tax bill because we just made $100,000 in a, in a salary job. So we have to kind of look at it that way. You can't pay yourself. If your profit is so low that you're not paying any taxes at all or, or hardly any, you're also not able to pay yourself out of your business, right? You also right. are not profitable to the, to the point where you can take that money out of your business and, and use it to pay your mortgage or go on a trip or do anything with it. Um, 
So that is something that, that I teach, which is how do we maximize our profit while also maximizing our tax deductions, but maximize the actual profit that we get so that we can use it to um, pay ourselves, to um, give to charitable organizations, to pay down debt, to pay towards retirement, to um, like put towards the dreams we actually have for ourselves. Um, how do we make a plan to do that? and save for taxes. That's what we need to be focusing on is not just reducing taxes, but how do we plan for them, right? How do we, how do we immediately set aside almost like you would in a paycheck when your money comes into your business, you set aside the portion that's going to go to taxes. When you do that, it's so much easier and you don't get to that end of the year where you're like, oh no, I have $25,000. I spent that months ago. Right. <laughs> where right, am right, I going right. to get this money? Mm-hmm. You know, I always want people to be paying taxes with yesterday's money, not today's money, definitely not tomorrow's money. And so, but that's tends to be what we do when we don't prepare for it. So that's one of the things that, um, I have, I, I really teach when I teach kind of, um, it's part of my financial fitness formula program where I go through and have you fill, figure out like your formula, what is your success formula? And one of those things is saving and putting money aside for taxes, um, but also maximizing profit that you can then use to do the things that are important to you in your business and personally. Right. Right. Well, and side note to piggyback on that. Um, I learned through your group that when you do all of those write-offs and when you don't have profit and then you want to go buy a house or mm-hmm. something like that, you have to have two years of, I think that's the truth. You have to have two years of your tax returns, but you've spent so much money trying to not have profit to not pay taxes that you're, you can't go apply for a house. It looks like you have no money. Exactly. So what you are paying taxes off of, you pay taxes off of your profit to the government, right? Mm -hmm. That is your income. That's equivalent to your, you know, the amount of money you got out of a a, a W-2 corporate job is the amount of profit you have. They don't care about your revenue. They don't care. Right. doesn't mean anything to them if at the end of the day, you know, if you made, and and I've had clients before that made $400,000. Great. And they're like, well, I should be able to buy whatever house I want. They had $15,000 after all their deductions left and nobody would give them a mortgage. And they didn't understand that. And I'm like, well, that's, that's what you actually made, right? Like that is really the profit in your business, right? Is what you actually made. Now, some people have also are taking money out and they do pay themselves as an employee, depending on what your business structure is. So maybe more than that, but it is important. You do have to look if, if you are, um, wanting to use that as a source of income for any kind, like a mortgage or any other kind of debt you, you may need or want at some point in time. Right. Or even like, that's what you're paying, um, your social security on and your Medicare. So later on in life, when you get that back, it's being calculated and paid off of that smaller amount. So it could come back to bite you later as well. So this whole idea of trying to minimize, minimize profit. So you pay the least amount in taxes. Heck, I would love, like one of the goals that I have is literally, I want to pay like, you know, a a million dollars in taxes one Mm -hmm. year. Like I would be like, awesome. You know? (laughs) Yes. That's what, when I read her post and then yours was like right after that. So I felt like it was a message directly to me. Like I thought if I owed $800,000 in taxes, that means I would have made like $1.2 million in a year. Like Yes. I'm happy oh, a lot to give more than that. Right. Even. I'm I mean, happy you to would give have you personally kept. Yeah, exactly. $800,000 when you give me a million, like that's yeah. the, that's what I've, what it's changed for me. It's been, so then, you know, my mindset changed from this fear to like, thank you for the money we made. And we know more is coming. Like, and that's my yes. mindset now. I know more is coming. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely. knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh my gosh, so much. Like I want to go back and just, uh, like I said, we talked about earlier, the mindset shift around, I don't, I don't take risks because I was afraid of failure. I would just go back and be like, fail as much as you possibly can mm-hmm. younger me, because that is going to turn you into the woman that you need to be. Like, I feel like I'm still now getting to that point where um, I'm so much more resilient, but I didn't build that resilience when I was young because right. I didn't put myself out there. And so that's something I'm, that, that is a process I'm going through in my thirties, which is, um, an interesting kind of, uh, and I think this does happen to, to a lot of women, especially like after kids and things like that, you start kind of coming into your own and figuring out yourself and learning these life lessons that you're just like, Oh my gosh, if I had known this 20 years ago, like if only I had known, um, and that is 100% one of them, like go out, 
take risks, fail, like, you know, it will be okay. I, I very much went the, um, the safe route, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, did allow me to, to then be able to take more risks because I had, you know, built up a nest egg and things like that, that made it easier. But I really wonder about like who I would have developed into if I had done this 10 years ago, you know, yeah. if I had, did, hadn't felt like I had to do things that I did, I wasn't really, that weren't really driving me, that weren't really breathing life into me. If I could have figured that out 10 years ago and started this process, would I have failed? Yeah, I probably would have failed a lot, but I wonder where I would be then, you right. know? Yeah, I do the same thing. And at my work through, I work with Tharwit. She's my life coach and she's also my shifter yeah. partner, but my work with her has made me realize that like I have regrets sort of about like not figuring this mindset stuff out earlier. Why didn't I, you know, my limiting beliefs, like crushing all that earlier, where would I be now? But the truth is I wasn't ready for it. Like I wasn't ready for it then. And so the moment that I was ready, it came to me and I thought, okay, I'm going balls to the wall with this. Give me all the information. How can I change it going forward? And I feel like the maturity that I have now that I didn't have back then has been helpful for me to like rest in it and feel safe. Yeah. Um, okay. Real quick. I would like for you to just tell us a little bit about your course offerings. Yeah, sure. So I have two, I've talked about, okay. I think I've talked about both of them on here a little bit, but, um, financial fitness basics. That's the one that I made. That is for, if you're just like, I don't know where to start with all like the terminology. I don't know what any of this means. Um, it's the basics of finance, accounting, and taxes. So how does all of that work, right? How do taxes work? How are they calculated? What the heck are all the taxes you have to pay? These are all geared towards business owners, self-employed people, side hustlers, anybody that is um, making money in that way. That's really who this is for. And it'll teach you about what a PL is, what a balance sheet is, how to read it, um, what entity structure, if you're not sure, like what entity structure should I be? Do I need to be an LLC? Do I need to be an S corp or, you know, so we go into, um, all of that and then tracking your finances. So it really is, it's just three modules, but it is, um, a lot of information packed in that can help you instantly feel more confident about your knowledge of the basics of finances. So like I said, that was something I made back in June that is for sale all the time. So it's out there on evergreen. Sometimes I have different bonuses. So, so, um, you can go to jamietrull.com forward slash basics. That's where you can learn about that one. Okay. And then um, my second course, well, what was actually my first course before, before the COVID world, um, my first course is my signature course. And that one is only o- opened, um, well, once a year. I haven't, I haven't opened it since January. I'm going to open it again this coming January um, 2021. And it is the strategic side. So it is how to come up with that plan for your finances where you can customize it based on your dreams. And actually we go through some mindset stuff in the very beginning because you kind of, um, you really do need to sort of work through some of that mindset stuff and come up with what, what, what are those dreams and goals you have? What do you want your money to go towards? And then you can build this personalized financial plan off of it for your business, which basically will tell you, um, it'll help you price your products that, you know, and services uh, in the right place. It will look at profit margins for them. It will look at where is your money going? Is it going in the right places? Mm-hmm. And then we look at, okay, well, once you have your profit, what do you do with it? How much do you pay yourself? Um, how much do you put aside for taxes? How much do you use for um, charitable things? How much do you, there, there, we go, we make a plan that's based on you and it is not a, it's financial fitness formula, but these formulas are very much individualized to the person. And that's what I really like about it. Cause a lot of times you can go out there and find different things that um, the gurus will tell you to do, but they don't really resonate necessarily with you and what your goals are. Right. And so I help you walk through to create that. And then you can create a whole budget off of it. You can create a forecast for your business um, and you can just feel really good and excited. Like my goal is for people who go to go into it being like kind of scared of looking at the mm-hmm. numbers and kind of nervous and come out of it feeling so empowered and like ready to go and realizing how empowering having that control and that plan can be. So that's my um, that is my signature course. It's called financial fitness formula. Um, depending on when, when this comes out, you can go to the wait list. It'll be jamietroll.com forward slash F F F is okay. where you get to, um, the wait list. And I'll give you all those links so you can post them 
Um, and that one's going to be fun. That one's a live course that I actually go through. We have a Facebook group and we um, go week to week and I do Q and A's and things like that within the course. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's <laughs> such a great idea. I mean, I'm maybe need to sign Come up. Come on in. <laughs> I'm 11 years in the business and something you just said, I didn't even know what it meant. So maybe I'll do that. Too. <laughs> um, okay. So we end every uh, episode with our guests with three questions. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? The best piece of advice? Uh, probably, um, it's sort of a quote, I guess I live by too, is this, this advice of like, what, um, you'll wish a year from now, you'll wish you had started today. Like, yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the advice I give to other people too, when they are sitting on the precipice of something mm -hmm. and they're about, but they're, but they're scared or, or they're, they've got excuses for why. And oftentimes those excuses are even valid, right? It's like, yeah. I, I could have easily a year ago been like, I have two kids. Uh, we're, we're, you know, um, there's a lot going on. Like I've got all this huge client load. I don't have time to make a course, like all of those things. Um, in the spring I could have been, you know, well, I've got my kids at home. And so, um, I don't have time to give this value to people. It, it a year from now, like you're going to either be where you are right now and still worrying about the things that you're worrying and still wanting to make those changes, right? Like I was overworked a year ago. I had so much client work to do. I knew it wasn't what I wanted and I could have put it off, put off ch making changes because I didn't have time to, right? It was valid. It was true, but I had to decide, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make these changes and I'm going to take that step. And uh, look where you are a year yeah, later. Yeah, a year. Like that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. like, you look back and you're just like, oh my gosh. And so I, I find myself still doing it where I'm like, oh, I don't have time for that. Or I want to uh -huh. do this and I don't. And, and so you, you get better at discerning, like when is it the right time? Because you don't want to do all the things. Right. But I know now to recognize when it's my fear that's really the mm -hmm. reason. And I'm making mm -hmm. excuses for that fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now I know like, okay, if, if I have this fear that's making me afraid to take that step, that probably means it's the right thing and I need to just do it. Right. <laughs> and I'll be happy a year from now that I did, that I started now instead of waiting. And if you hadn't done that, like in this situation, like for real right now in 2020, one year ago, yeah. we were at Rise Business. And if you hadn't walked away from there with the decision and having done Amy's course, you wouldn't yep. have something to offer all these people that needed you. And now you do. And exactly. then, you, then you thought these people need some basic information. Let me just create another thing. Or you could have been like, yep. my kids are still at home. We are still quarantined. Yeah. Like, but you did it. And it's the following that inspired action. And now, look, and then 800 people bought it. That I mean, people need it. Yeah, they need it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what is the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh gosh. Um, probably that, uh, to do things the way everybody else does them. Mm, um, yeah, I thought, true. yeah, I thought for a long time that I, um, needed, especially like, so my industry is very much, I am very different than my industry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you think about finance people. I like to consider myself now like the, 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 like more fun version of a finance person, the more, um, the person you want to hang around, have a glass of wine with type of person, you know, I'm not yeah. what you normally would think of as a CPA, as a finance person. Um, I think we all kind of conjure up sort of different views in our minds of what that is. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but when I started this business, I would get advice from people that was like, well, you have to do X, Y, Z. You have to look a certain way. I felt like I needed to have so I'd go to networking. I'd have to do in-person oh, networking because right. that's what everybody Gross. did. And I wore like mm -hmm. a suit and like, that's because that's what everybody did. And then I had to offer all these services that everybody was offering that weren't things that like, I don't like doing taxes. Yeah. I thought I had to offer that as a service offering for people to want to work for me because that's what everybody mm -hmm. else did. Yeah. Um, but I am strategic. I like the strategic side of numbers. And so that's what I like to, um, to work with people on. And so when I find like, so that advice, I, I did follow it for a little while. And then I was like, this doesn't feel like me. Right. And so when I made the shift of like, nope, I'm going to show up like authentically as Jamie Troll, as you know, who I am, um, not who I think people want me to be or who I need to be to have credibility in this industry. That was when, um, it started to shift because what it realized yeah, exactly. The people mm -hmm. I was in alignment with myself mm -hmm. and people 
felt like um, it, it was, it turns out like that's what they wanted. My, my ICA anyway, my ideal community really wants somebody who is more authentic, who mm -hmm. is more like them, more relatable, um, who isn't, you know, what your normal CPA is. And so I sort of buck all the industry industry trends, <laughs> the everything that is the norm in my industry, I do different and I turn it on its head. But now I feel like, you know, I, I can do that and yeah. I don't have to fit into a mold and it helps me get up every day and feel like I'm living into my purpose as well, because I don't have to be somebody I'm not, I'm not going to do that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's a good one. So the last question is, what is the best book you've ever read and why? I have about a million. I'm, I am like, again, when I started going on this personal development journey, I, I started to read a million different books. So I have a lot, um, but I will say, I think the thing, because we've talked about this here. So I think it's a relevant one is mindset by Carol Dweck. Yeah. We love that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that when I was talking about how, because it was me, I was a fixed mindset person. I didn't know what that was. So my, um, that book goes into fixed versus growth mindset, where mm -hmm. it talks about the fixed mindset is I don't do things that, um, I may not succeed in because, um, because I might not succeed. The way you look at the world is very fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't realize that actually there is benefit to growth, right? Growing as a person, growing as a business person, as a, as an entrepreneur. And so when I read that, I saw so much of myself and who I've always been in the fixed mindset and how I've always mm -hmm. lived my life mm -hmm. and it, how, and then seeing how much that's probably held me back in life. And so then being able to kind of see, no, this is what a growth mindset person does and acts and, and why that is such a, um, a more productive place to live. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I still feel like I, I can knee jerk into the fixed mindset, but I now know how to move myself and process through that and recognize it and push myself into the growth mindset. And that's something, um, I've even realized in raising children, like my son is very much a fixed mindset already. I see it you know, he doesn't want to try, he's very smart, but does not want to try things that might be too hard, right? right? Because he wants to show you how smart he is and he's afraid that it's going to, um, you know, it, it, he hates getting things wrong. And so we've had to switch our parenting from praising him for his, you know, intellectual ability to praising him for trying and praising him for trying yeah, things and putting himself out there. Um, because I think that's making a difference in, in just the way that we parent, because I want to raise somebody who, who recognizes that and who can, you know, push through that and who doesn't have to go through this whole process in their thirties, like right. I to figure it out. <laughs> like right? we are, yes. Yeah. yeah. But you're right though. I mean, it happens when it's supposed to, but uh -huh. you know, if I can help him have some of that mindset already ingrained in him. Like that's just going to be so, uh, I think helpful to him as he gets older. Yeah. That's a great book. That's one that we recommend too. And it's a really good one. If you're just starting out with some mindset work, it's a really good one yes. to start with because it's so basic and it kind of knocks it down and just says, if you're a fixed mindset, this, but a growth mindset person would respond like this. And then you can start seeing how you're responding and yep. define what you're doing and then decide how to change it. Mm -hmm. That's a good book. Okay. Tell everyone where people can find you online. Oh, you can find me everywhere. <laughs> no. um, let's see. So jamietroll.com uh, you can go to and see uh, lots more about me. I am my Facebook group. I would love to have you guys over there. Financial literacy for women business owners. Um, you can search it on Facebook or you can go to jamietroll.com forward slash group as well to get there. Uh, Instagram. Jamie Troll, YouTube, Jamie Troll. Just, just search Jamie Troll. Just You'll search, find search <laughs> Jamie Troll. You'll find her. <laughs> and we'll, we'll also put all the links in our show notes. So you can go there. Yeah. And link. Thank you yes. so much for hanging with me today, Jamie. It has been such a pleasure. I am so excited whenever I reached out to you and asked if you'd do an interview, but just because I had witnessed this entire thing happening to you and thinking, yeah. I knew her back when, when we were all in this Facebook group together and talking about one little thing here and there. And then I saw it explode and I saw how you embraced it. And it was fascinating and fun to watch. And I'm so excited for your business to go bananas after this. Thank you so Thank much. You. For yeah. I've loved just like, like you said, we have, um, there, there are communities in, in a lot of what we do. And I feel like it's been neat to see and bring along some of these communities 
to watch, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? To see, I, I feel like I have this like set of cheerleaders, which is just so, so beneficial when women can kind of support and cheer for one another. Yes, um, we are all about- give that back, mm -hmm. yeah. We're all about collaboration over competition and you're yep. fostering that very well yes. in your group. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. We'll include everything in the show notes and we will talk to you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at ShiftHer, Instagram at ShiftHer.co, and read more about us at www.ShiftHer.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.